Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, we've jumped around to all the sports tonight. Been a nice mixture of a show, uh, including baseball stuff with the Yankees and the Astros in Game 6 of the ALDS World, ALCS World Series yet to come. And a little NBA mixed in. We'll get the best of both worlds with our next guest. Uh, you're listening to him on Sirius XM's MLB radio these days. Gets back to work. His TV work is over for the year on the baseball side. So you'll uh, hear him live from the World Series this upcoming week. And you'll see him all year on the NBA 2019-2020 on NBA TV. Mr. Casey Stern here with us on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing, hey, Casey? Dude. How are you, sir? What's going on, man? Very good. Um... I was either doing something or talking to somebody or whatever. I saw the ball fly out with Yuli Gurriel in the bottom of the first inning. I didn't see the pitch. What did Green throw that Gurriel got his second hit in 21 at-bats? Yeah, and I said uh, chips the whole – actually, Entenmann's, I think it was since 1918. I missed the Northeast. <laughs> Best part about going in, get a nice Entenmann's of soft-baked chocolate cookies. <laughs> now, it wasn't well-located. Uh, but, hey, you know what? And they pointed out in the broadcast, rightfully so, Guriel's batting average and his numbers are deceiving. He's hit the ball hard a few times. He's actually had a pretty decent couple of weeks, played good in the field. Uh, it was about that time, and unfortunately the wrong time for Chad Green before your boy Jay Happ on his birthday came in. Uh, he is uh, not 45, uh, but he's, uh, I think, the oldest pitcher they said on his birthday to pitch in an LCS. And uh, went one, two, three, got through, uh, got through the inning. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe they should have reversed roles. Who knew? Uh, but, uh, yeah, Chad Green, not exactly a great first inning, gave up three. Understood. Um, with the fact that uh, Houston made the decision, uh, I say A.J. Hinch, but they do everything by committee down there in Houston, not to move their ace up to game six and try and just slam the door in the Yankees' face tonight. I don't have a problem with it because it keeps uh, Mr. Cole on regular rest. Do you think it was a lengthy discussion, a short discussion, or no discussion at all to potentially use him tonight? Yeah, I think none at all. I think if Granky had gone yesterday and Verlander was the guy ready for game seven, let's say, should Cole have gone? And they, even if they were both running short, maybe. Um, but I think because of the fact that that's not the case, and you can leave Cole as your last line of defense, and by the way, that's pretty good. Uh, last <laughs> time was like the most anybody's ever done against him in three, four months, and how dare he walk four guys and have a few base runners. He also stranded all nine <laughs> in the seven innings. So, And the same thing is on the other side. And, and look, I love the Sevy story, but you, you really don't know necessarily what you're going to get. I mean, he could come out brilliant, or he could give up three or four in the first inning. So, you know, I think a combination of a number of things set it up well. When you're at home – in a game seven, you're not punting game six, especially with that lineup and Chad Green and Happ and Sessa and the group that the Yankees are going to have to use. So I don't think it was much of a decision at all because there really wasn't anybody behind them they would have trusted instead in the game seven. Agreed there, too. Um, with the fact that the Astros were up 3-1, to one, Yankees did what they had to do to win the game last night, which including getting to Justin Verlander, even if it was just for one inning, to get him for a four spot was pretty damn impressive. It leads us with the rain out, too. 
having two openers in game six. Both teams going with openers. And, oh, by the way, it's already proved itself out. Green throws one. They pull him. Peacock gets in trouble in the second inning. They get him out before he even finishes the second. It has become what it's become. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for Major League Baseball today? Do or die game for the Yankees. A game six leading to a game seven for the Astros is an opener game. Do we just yeah. have to accept that that's baseball in 2019? Well, uh, we, it depends. You and me, probably not. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'm in the minority on this. I, I, I hate it for this moment. I, I hated it initially, admittedly, and I was a little bit, uh, I was like the guy who, like, you know, back in the day when they had beepers, and, and I just would look at people and I'd be like, you know, I am not a, not, I, 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 I don't have a, a, an on-call, I'm a surgeon, I'm not an electrician. And then eventually you just, eh, I'll do it. I feel like that was me with the opener at first. I didn't really like it. Um, but then I understand it in spots and when you need to use it, especially in a long season. I hate it here. I hate it. I mean, I want I want matchups. I want – even if you're not going to leave a pitcher in, and we know you don't, right, three times through in order, forget it. I mean, who knows what you're getting now with starters regardless who they are if they're not named Garrett Cole or Scherzer or Strasburg, for example. Right. I, I hate it. I think it's a bad look. I, I think it's it's – on a national stage where you get people who are watching who aren't big baseball fans and you're trying to sell on the game, it, it, it there even to me has kind of bad optics to it. Wait, well, you're telling me what? You got a guy who isn't a starter all year who now you're putting in, in this game? I, I, I don't like that. I mean, I think, look, game six, I mean, jeez, I, I, I 2011, and I was there for that. I think about 86, which obviously heartstrings for me, Jody, among others. And it's like you think about who was starting those games and what were the matchups. Even if they ended late, I mean, they have stories. I, I, I don't like it, but I think we're probably, if you agree with me, and you might be old school that way, we're a little bit in the minority on that. I think most people think, oh, well, this is interesting. We'll see how interesting they think it is when they think it's Yankees, Red Sox, 04, and we're in hour five, and the media people are looking for ice cream, and, and there's none left. We'll see. <laughs> Do you think this lends itself to an even – Bigger role in baseball in 2020 that more teams will go down that road. Tampa was the first one who really wrapped their arms around it. Then it became two teams and three teams. About six or seven used it more than just once a month this past year. Is it going to become standard operating procedure in baseball going forward? You know, I think it'll become standard like it becomes standard to give rest days to NBA guys that we don't, you know, we hear general soreness, right? I think that's where it'll become standard. I think instead of the constant conversation about six-man rotations, which, I mean, I can't yeah, – God bless Jim Tracy who went to four-man, right? So I, I can't I, – that to me is always like – like, nobody sticks with it either way. So just do what, what everybody else does because of these creatures of habits. I think now this becomes the way that that kind of ends. And now this is, you know, during a long season, what you do in, in spots where you kind of pick to be able to do it. So I think – You'll see some teams do it more than others who need to because finances aren't the same in terms of starting pitching. But I will say this, uh, and I've said this forever, you go back to 17, Justin Verlander, I said before the postseason, I believe this, before August, when the waiver deadline, they got Verlander. I thought they were first round out, and then look what they've done since. You think about how important the Bueller start was, really was what knocked out the Brewers last year, right? You think about the starting pitching that you got uh, in the World Series last year. You think about going into this year. Uh, Strauss, if you think about Scherzer and why are the Nationals here, yes, everyone hitting the lineup, but more importantly, they shut the Cardinals down completely and were able to get into the World Series. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of teams understand at the highest level, Jody, you need that dude. So I think Garrett Cole going to get paid. 
I think you'll see even in that second tier guys get paid. I think you'll see trades where a couple of guys get plucked. But I think when you get past those top guys, everyone's going to think, well, if I don't have one of them, then you know what? Going to the kind of the war idea, right? Well, if I don't have one of those guys who's really a difference maker, how different is this guy I got and my five others than going to pay, you know, some – I mean, look, at Trevor Cahill. And think about Matt Harvey, right? What the Angels do? Waste $20 million, basically, right? Yep. I'd rather give $20 million in one year to one guy who's actually a difference maker. So I think top end, we're going to see even more money, and I think after that we're going to see more of what we just talked about. All right. You mentioned them kind of out of sight, out of mind, the Nationals, because they did dispense with the Cardinals as quickly as they did. Week off before they get back at it, help, hurt, no effect whatsoever on their World Series chances. Well, it's definitely hurt. Uh, it's definitely hurt. I mean, look, eight times it's happened. We showed it in the postgame after they won. Happened eight times, and one team has won. So, I mean, that's, that's as simple as you could put it. Now, they remind me a lot of the Rockies. And forget the holiday slide. I love Matt, as you know. But forget the slide or not. I mean, we have about, what, 21 out of 22 games. And you know this. I mean, I was talking to Jimmy about that series going back to 2007. And of all people, as a, as a Met guy at the time, a Kazmat Sui of all people off Kyle Loesch, right? The right <laughs> up the uh, which is like a grand slam I can't still understand that happened. Uh, but you think about that team, right? They were in such a role. And then they were, you know, I understand the Red Sox and I get John Lester and all that, but their bats just died. Matt Holiday was like the only guy in that series. They got walked, swept off the field. Jim Leland had it happen to him twice. The second time took him down to spring training in Lakeland, trying to simulate games. And nobody knows really what to do. I actually love what Chef said on the set. And Grandy was talking about it too, which is that you, you wait for the first team to go totally the other way and not have days off other than the days that would have been in the rest of that series. So what they had talked about, which I thought was kind of interesting, and no one's ever done it, is play it like a seven-game series. So if you win in a sweep, you come out the next day, and you have, like, full-blown workouts and simulated games. And then if that was your off day after that, you take the off day. And then for six and seven, you're back working out those days, and you basically just carry it out like you were playing. And it won't be exactly the same, but that idea is actually way closer to what anybody's ever tried to do. And then I reminded everybody of the entitled athletes that we have in 2019 and tapping somebody after champagne, see you tomorrow and food at the park. I don't know how that's going to work, but it is an interesting idea that, that does somebody at some point try to do that. Daniel Murphy, think about 2015. How hot was he against the Cubs? Does anybody think he got a hit? I, I don't even remember Jody if he got a hit in the series against the Royals. I really don't. You've got a point there. Um, apparently, none of your compatriots on the set last week watched NFL preseason football this year because not only did they not put the guys in for a taste, they put them completely in bubble wrap. So I can't see teams even playing against themselves. A little pitch comes in a little inside and somebody breaks a wrist. Oh, no, they're not going to do that. Nope. At least against an opposing team in another uniform. They don't want to take that chance. God forbid you ever hurt yourself nope. against your teammate. No, I, and that's the thing. It really, what people need to understand, the pitchers, they love it. So from a national standpoint, is it going to hurt Scherzer? No, definitely helps. Definitely help, right? Yeah, him and Verlander, by the way, game one, you think you need to sell that? I mean, <laughs> what uh, you, you think Scherzer wants to prove? You know, I mean, that is like, you know, I don't want to make it like you know, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, but we're talking about Jedi and Apprentice sitting there. I mean, that is an unbelievable matchup if that's what happens. But yeah, I don't think for Scherzer or Strasburg or those guys it's going to hurt for the pitchers. But it's not about it's the, the bats 
when you sit there and you are that much in sync, and really, you talk about the National Series, everybody talks about the Cardinals not hitting. It's very rare to see an entire lineup hit. Everybody in the Nationals is hot. All of them, Zimmerman, Robles, Gomes, everyone's getting hits. Top of their order, I mean, Adam, Adam he's even sitting like 240, but every hit he has is like with two outs and a runner in scoring position. So to sit there and then all of a sudden you don't play, and now you're on the road and you're facing Verlander's kind of stuff, you may get three hit, and now all that momentum, you're down 1-0. And I know they're staying to fight and all that. I'm not saying they give up, but that's how quickly it goes. So I worry about the bats with the Nationals. Not Rendon because he's probably got a cage in his bedroom he's working in. I mean, God only knows with his approach, but I worry about the bats in total in that lineup going to sleep a bit. You, uh, you brought up Rendon. Um, did you get to uh, talk to him at all? After any of the games, you get a hookup from the field. Uh, he is infamously non-emotional. Do you agree with that? And do you believe he'll celebrate if they actually win the World Series? You know, I, I don't see him as – I also see him a little bit differently. Like, when I think non-emotional, I think of, like, Tim Duncan, Right. Or at Kawhi in, before he, you know, the, the, before before the laugh, and then afterwards all the stuff that happened, where you know he's I guess trying to show a personality. I don't think of him as unemotional. I almost think of him like unfazed. Like when you watch him, like he will like crack a smile in the dugout, or like after a big play in a big spot, almost like it doesn't bother him at all. He kind of reminds me. I remember talking to Cliff Lee before a game seven. And no one that pitches talks before a game seven. He like it was like he was pitching on May 18th, Jody, against like the Marlins. I, so you know, guys like that, I don't understand that. I wouldn't be like that. I'd be more like Jake Peavy, looking like I'm having a heart attack. Everybody's trying to turn a double play behind me. So I don't really get it. But I look at him like kind of a no heartbeat guy. And to me, he has become forget just franchise face of that team. This is a superstar unbelievable all-world across the board defensively, offensively, in the clutch, everything you want kind of talent. I think Yelich left side last year rose to that. To me, even though Rendon has already been there and has been underrated, I think now everybody understands that the right time for him as a free agent exactly what he is. All right. Uh, We went long on baseball, so I got time for one good NBA question for you. And I've asked this to the couple of NBA guys I've had on to help preview the season over the last two weeks. Warriors and Raptors are your two defending champions. Neither yeah. are their favorites in their conference. Right. If either one of them were to make it to an NBA final this year, you'd almost call it an upset. Which of the two has the better chance of actually pulling that off? Yeah, that one's easy for me. It's Warriors if play is healthy enough early enough. And, and neither will happen, but it was Warriors to me. Yeah. What? But isn't the West that much harder to get through the tougher, East? But I'm not buying. I do not buy. Look, Toronto last year is one of those situations because Kawhi. Here's watch this. Let's let's pull everything together and close the conversation this way. Bryce Harper, right? When he left, the Nationals, I think, opened up and everybody could be themselves because everybody wasn't turning around waiting for one guy. And I think it helped them because you saw everybody take Rendon's approach. But they had gotten there and failed and failed and failed with Harper. The Raptors had gotten there and failed every time without Kawhi. Then Kawhi is there, and they win. And now he's not. And now Kyle Lowry has to go back and think, do I got to be the old Kyle Lowry? Pascal Siakam is more of a supporting yet good, and congrats on the, the deal, player. But is he ready to take on dragging you around? Not to me. 
I think the Raptors are who we thought they were before Kawhi, after Kawhi. And on the Warriors' side, even though they're not as good, do I think they could be smart enough to knock off the Rockets again if play was healthy enough? Yes. All right, fair enough. Uh, now, when the Raptors make it to a final, I don't want to go on NBA TV and hear you say, you let can. me explain no, the Bryce Harper no longer with the Nationals, no. the no. Uh, Raptors the same without Kawhi Leonard. Hey, <laughs> hey let me tell you something. I, I think, I think Philly is going to, if they can play together and use Al the right way to kind of keep Joel healthy, they got a good shot. Okay. I mean, it's, it's all about, but if Ben, I don't know what kind of work he does in the offseason. We're about to find out, Jody. We they got a talented group. They really do. They they have a different type of talent, which means a lot of pressure on Brett Brown. If he pushes all the right buttons, yes, they can make an Eastern Conference final and maybe even an NBA final. If not, Brett Brown could be coaching for his job this year. Be interesting. Casey, maybe always a pleasure, brother. Appreciate manage the Mets, like we can put him in touch. <laughs> Appreciate it. Whenever you get on board, Casey, you the man. Good. Thanks, bud. Later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.